everyone, welcome to today's podcast where we're talking about relaxing yourself thin because that is one of the most effective ways that you can actually lose the weight and then keep it off. And it's probably also the most enjoyable way. Uh, and it's so overlooked. You know, if you think about how most people start with their weight loss journey, it's usually under a lot of stress and pressure and frustration and anxiety, right? Because they're already overwhelmed and upset about their weight and their body. And then they're going to, you know, try and follow some real strict eating plan, workout plan, um, and jump into it hundred percent all at once. And so it's overwhelming and it's the opposite of relaxation. Um, but when you take a step back and really think about what is it that allows you to make healthier food choices, right? What is it when you're, when in your life, when you have eaten your best, um, and it's been the easiest, where have you been at, <laughs> you know, have you been stressed out or have you been more relaxed and calm? You see, so it's like a lot of times, the program yourself, then we call this a preventative approach. You see, because a lot of times when it comes to weight loss, people think they're just gonna use their willpower and they're stressed out, they're hungry, they're craving all the unhealthy food, and they're just gonna use willpower to stop that, okay? But what we wanna do with the preventative approach is we want to figure out how can we prevent the things that cause us to be overweight? And stress and anxiety are, are for a lot of people, one of those things. Um, so. It's, it's important that we start to look at relaxation as one of the key factors that can drive your weight loss success. It's a foundational piece that changes so much from the inside out. Um, it also gives you more willpower, but it also makes it less necessary to rely on willpower when you're more relaxed and you're more calm. Okay, so that's what I want you to think about. I want you to reference your own times in life when things have gone relatively smooth for you to eat better and, and lose some weight. And again, I, I, I would challenge you to notice that there, there's probably a pattern there that you've been more calm and relaxed, right? And if you've never had that experience, I, I encourage you to test it out. So let's talk about how do you relax though, right? That's its own thing in itself. And so relaxation, first of all, is a skill. It's something that you can practice and get good at. You may suck at relaxing. I certainly did. Um, and it's something though that if you keep practicing on, it's one of those things you can't help but get better. And it's easier than you think because it's simple. And so we're gonna break relaxation down into two components. What's going on in your body? What's going on in your mind? And we always start with the body, right? You can't feel a thought. You can have a thought, it can influence your body, but you can't feel a thought. So we always start with the body when we want to influence our feelings. Uh, so we start with relaxing the muscles. Actually, even before that, we wanna start with posture, right? Because if you're out of alignment, if you're slouched over, it's hard to truly relax. So we wanna sit up in alignment so everything's kind of straight. And now we wanna start relaxing from the shoulders down. You know, we tend to start at the shoulders, that's where most people store a lot of tension. Relax the shoulders, relax the chest, relax the stomach, relax the face, especially the jaw. You wanna take a step further, you can close your eyes and relax your eye muscles too, a whole nother step forward. And so once you relax the muscles and you're in a proper alignment, now you go into your breathing and you take deeper breaths. Don't have to take the deepest breaths in the world, but you wanna inhale and exhale in more full ways, right? More complete exhales, more full inhales. And ideally you're doing this through your nose, that's ideal. And so once you do this physically, that is going to change how you feel. However, if you don't change what you're thinking, it won't last long. So we wanna to get to the mindset piece as well. Now, one of the easiest ways, if you just wanna feel relaxed and you're in not the greatest environment to do that, what we wanna do mentally is you can put yourself into an environment that you've been in that's been very relaxing. You know, So where have you been in your life that's been really peaceful and calming? 
And it doesn't have to be a week when you were there. It could be just a moment. Maybe you're sitting in the woods. Maybe you're on the side of a river. Maybe you're at the beach. doesn't matter. Laying in bed in the morning on a Saturday when you have anything to do. Um, so you mentally start thinking about the details of places where you have been relaxed. And I say just starting with one. Where were you? What did it feel like? What did you see? What did you hear? Right? So if you're lying in bed, you know, you might not have seen anything. You might have your eyes closed, but you could feel the sheets. You could feel the, the warmth of the comforter and, and the bed underneath you. And you can imagine being in that scenario. If you're at the beach, you can imagine hearing the seagulls, the sounds of the waves, the wind on your skin. Um, you could see the ocean. You could see the other kids playing, right? So again, the more detail you bring in, the more you bring your mind into that scenario and you encourage the feeling that you're going after, right? So again, we want that physical relaxation and we mentally want to go back to a time when you felt relaxed. And so you could practice every day. You could think of something different where you've relaxed. You don't have to spend a lot of time with it. A minute or two of relaxation is profound. And the difference between no relaxation and a little bit is tremendous. So again, it doesn't have to be 20 minutes of relaxation. It doesn't have to be these big commitments. They can be little things. But if you do them consistently, what happens is you start to build up a foundation of relaxation. And when you're more relaxed in your life, um, it helps you eat better and lose weight because now you're not as likely to eat when you're stressed because you're more relaxed. And when you do have a craving for an un unhealthy food, you can relax and deal with that craving in a much more effective way, right? And so this is where it becomes a little practical. So next time you feel tempted for a food, what you'll notice if you check inside of yourself is that that craving is creating attention. It's an arousal state. And so what's happening is you're getting tense, you're getting fixated on that food, you're imagining tasting it, and you're getting a craving and a desire to push you towards it. And so to work against that craving, we wanna relax, we wanna disassociate from it. We wanna bring our awareness and attention back into our body. And we're gonna control what we're focusing on. And so this is a bottom-up way to reduce the cravings. Because again, what most people do is they just try and fight against the cravings, but they don't realize what they're doing to drive the craving up. And so by relaxing your body, by bringing your mind into a more relaxed mental space, you start to separate yourself from the craving and it helps. Not saying it guarantees everything all the time, but it's a helpful strategy, I promise you. And the more you relax, the more you're connected to your full abilities, your full resources. Because when we relax, we allow the blood to flow back up to our brain and we use all the resources of our mind so that we can think more clearly, we have more perspective, we're more connected to our goals. And this is the secret, in my opinion, to base your weight loss on, this relaxation. It changes so much, it's hard to even explain it. And I've gone through this myself personally. It's been absolutely life-changing and there's a lot of other benefits to it, obviously, you know, in addition to, you know, supporting you eating better and, and uh, losing weight, it just feels better. You become a better version of yourself, I believe, when you're more relaxed. So start committing to relaxation in a comfortable, easy way and notice how it impacts you, all right? Um, if anyone has any questions, what's up, Ricky? Um, yep, no sound, no sound. I, I keep messing that up, but I got, I got sound now, so that's good. Um, let's see. Lydia says, genuine question. If I have no current health issues, have good mobility and like food more than I like being thin, should I give up on weight loss? Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's a great question, Lydia. I, I love that. You know, I can't tell you the number of conversations I've had with people initially, like, oh, are they, they going to work with me? It's like a consultation type call. And, um, I'm, I'm ferreting that out. You know, I'm looking to see, does this person really care? 
you know? Um, because I always say this, how do you choose your goal weight, right? I always think my definition of thin is you living at your goal weight. Well, what's your goal weight? Your goal weight is the weight that gives you the best quality of life. That, that's my definition, okay? And, and I suggest you take that on too. It's very clarifying. Um, it's got more context to it because a lot of times people just pick a weight based on a BMI chart or what some doctor said or what they weigh when they were 20, whatever. We need context in order to choose the proper weight. And so in your case, it sounds like your quality of life's really good, you know? So if you're happy with your quality of life, your happy mobility, your health issues, how you look, how you feel, all the rest of it, then great, you, you made it. <laughs> In my opinion, that's how I think of it. That's where I'm at, you, you know what I mean? Like I'm 100% happy with my weight. And so I live in this place where it's just, it's, it's a sweet spot, you know? I'm not, I'm not gonna change anything. I'm always looking to improve and tweak and optimize things. Um, but in subtle little ways, you know? And so, yeah, I would say to you, Lydia, if, you, if you're happy with where you're at, great. And, which brings me to another point that most people don't, most, we all weigh what we want to weigh subconsciously. You, you may not like it, but, but I promise you, subconsciously you weigh exactly what you want to weigh. Because eating is one of the, you weight for 99% of people is really based on what they're putting in their mouth, you know, and you control that. And so if you're not losing the weight you want, I'm telling you that the, the first thing you got to deal with is your motivation. Um, I like to clarify by saying this, you wish you'd lose weight, right? You wish you'd wake up tomorrow and start doing all the right things to lose weight, a 10 out of 10, 100% you want that. But your want to actually take some action and do new things to lose the weight is probably like a three or four out of 10. That's your first challenge is you need to get truly motivated. And so for you, Lydia, you would, you, you, why would you want to lose weight? You know what I mean? Like, cause it's hard to lose weight. Like it's hard to change anything. You know, so if you're going to try and change your eating, your lifestyle, who you are as a person, you better have some real strong reasons for that. And you've kind of tapped into. So when I work with people, if they just want to look better, that's usually not enough motivation. Sorry to tell you, you know, usually the motivation has to be more. I always say you need to take your weight loss and wrap it in personal development. That's what I've been able to successfully help people when they have that sort of situation. But if they just like kind of casually want to lose some weight, I, I don't work with them, you know, typically. And so again, and there's no right or wrong. Your weight is yours to choose. You know, you get to choose whatever weight you want to be. And so it's, you get to pick that. And so I, I think it's important to, there's something special about saying, I, I want to weigh this. And then when you get there and you live that, I, to me, that's a, a wonderful place to be, you know? And so it sounds like you're kind of there. So, so great. Um, <laughs> Regan's here too. I didn't even see that. Uh, Elise, post baby weight loss tips, please. Yeah, post baby weight loss tips. Okay, so that's perfect. Um, so we just talked about relaxation, relaxing yourself then. And so when it comes to you just had a baby, I would suggest, I would suggest this that you almost put the weight loss second. Okay. Now I'm not saying you're not going to focus on losing weight. Yeah, I'm going. What I'm going to tell you, we are still focusing on weight loss but it's a long-term weight loss. Let me make this distinction. I suggest to this to everyone that you stop focusing on losing weight and start focusing on getting to your goal weight and living there the rest of your life. That distinction is crucial. It's not the same thing. Don't think it is because they're totally different. And when you start focusing on living at your goal weight for the rest of your life, it gives you a bigger time frame. Oh, thanks for the heart. Um, you want a longer time frame, right? Because everyone on here has lost weight at some point and... Uh, then put it back on, you know, and, and that's not a good feeling. So, so just losing weight is not enough. You've got to upgrade your goal. And the more accurate goal is that you want to get to your goal weight and then live the rest of your life there on near autopilot. That's what you really want. And so articulate that explicitly. And so when you have a baby, you know, 
first of all, that's a very challenging time of life. You'll probably find one of the most challenging times there is for most of us, you know? And so in that situation, you're going to take on another thing of, you know, really focusing on losing the weight. And I know that might be what you want to do, but sometimes, you know, when you're exhausted from the baby and now you're going to try and follow some real strict meal plan to lose the weight, what ends up happening is you really do yourself a disservice because what you probably need more at this point than losing weight is to nourish yourself, self-care, um, get as much sleep as you can, rest, eat nourishing foods, relax, meditate, walk, get outside, you know, um, these sorts of things. And this is what I always, I suggest this stuff for everyone anyways, you know, because when we take care of ourselves, it's a lot easier to choose healthier foods. And so when you have a baby, it's even more like that because there's just so much of your energy goes into take care of the kid, you know? So, um, that being said, so that, that's my strategy because again, I would stop fixating on just losing the weight right now. And I would start to focus on how can I get myself back up to normal? Cause right now you're probably depleted. You know, you just had a baby. Now you're exhausted all the time. You're taking care of this kid all the time. You're probably depleted. So again, before I got into the weight loss thing, I would be focusing more on how can I rejuvenate myself? How can I get myself back up to normal? Eh, that's my suggestion. You know, even if you don't like it, that's what I think. Um, what's up, Erica? How's it going? Let's see. We, uh, if anyone has any, any questions, feel free to ask them. So I'm down here. It's Monday, my week before my vacation. I'm already in vacation mode practically, <laughs> but I'm still showing up here answering questions. Love, uh, love talking this stuff um, all the time. But yeah, if you guys have any questions about this stuff, feel free to ask it. Um, how am I doing? It's about to rain again because it rains every day now. So. <laughs> been a busy day but yeah i don't know what am i talking about i'm talking about with weight loss i did a bunch of videos today let's lily say i feel like the more i obsess over weight loss the more i crave food how's that possible well lily i'm glad you asked that because <laughs> now you can oh, I pull the muscle in my leg this thing you ever pull a muscle in your leg and it's like every time you move like you feel it's one of those muscles you know I got one of those and it hurts every time I move. Great question, Lily. Let's talk about this because this gets to the heart of, I, I have a much different approach to weight loss than, than the average person, I would say. And a lot of it's steeped in hypnosis, neurolinguistic programming. And so um, the subconscious mind is, is what I'm saying. So we have two minds. We have a conscious mind, a subconscious mind. Um, the conscious part of your mind is the logical, rational part of you that knows why you should lose weight, what you should do, tries to get you to do it. That's where your willpower is. And then you have your subconscious part of your mind, which runs all your habitual thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. Okay. So what we're really doing, I believe, what's really controlling your weight more than anything else is your subconscious mind. And there's two really important things to understand about your subconscious mind. The first one is that it does not understand negatives. Okay. Um, your subconscious mind doesn't understand negatives. So if I tell you, don't think about a banana, what are you thinking about? banana right so if you look at diets right pretty much every diet you do it's all about what food you're not going to eat at least that's how we kind of interpret it right so you say okay well i want to lose weight i'm on a diet so now i got to stop eating cookies ice cream pizza whatever food you like right so the first rule of the subconscious mind does not understand negatives the second rule of the subconscious mind this is fascinating is that it can't tell the difference between vivid imagination and reality okay and so if you, right, you would do it right now. You could close your eyes if you wanted to. If you're in a place where you can close your eyes, this could work even if you don't close your eyes. But imagine I have a lemon and I'm standing right in front of you in real life. 
and I cut a lemon in half. You can smell it. And I hold it up to your nose and then I ask you to take a bite of it. And you do take a bite of it. You take a bite of that lemon and you drag your teeth along the bottom and all that juice goes in your mouth. Now, if you imagine that vividly enough, you may notice your mouth starts salivating, right? In, in preparation for that, that sour lemon juice. So when we put these two things together that your subconscious mind does not understand negatives and that it does not understand the difference between vivid imagination and reality, and now we think about what a diet is. Right? And what's the diet for most people? It's now a fixation on what they can't eat. I can't eat ice cream anymore. Can't eat cake anymore. On top of that, a lot of times when people think about weight loss, they think they don't just say, I'm going to cut down the ice cream or cut down the cookies. They say, that's it. No more cookies, no more ice cream, no more pizza, no more the stuff I love. And now they get fixated on it. And again, don't think about pizza. Don't think about cookies. What are you thinking about? Right? And then you start obsessing on that and you start literally start salivating. You put yourself into a craving state for those foods. So um, that's a great question because that's literally, I believe people do not know how to use their mind appropriately. They, they have no idea. Most people have willpower. You're just trying to force yourself to act in a new way. So you you're not working with how your mind and body work at all, which is why most people, 75% of the population is overweight or obese right now. 95% of people on diets fail to lose weight long-term. So the, the conventional wisdom is not working. Now, I look at diets and I say, well, every diet is really subconsciously setting up for failure. And you say, well, why would a diet do that? Well, I think because the diets are all owned by big food companies. Did you know Weight Watchers is owned by Heinz? Jenny Craig is owned by Nestle? Company owns Atkins Food Products, the same company owns Onions, Pretzels, and Cinnabon? Company owns SlimFast, same company owns Ben & Jerry's? <laughs> so me as a hypnotist, if I was gonna like be one of those companies, the diet is the perfect thing because it sounds like it's giving you great advice. Because listen, folks, you all got the conscious, you all know what to do to lose weight. You all know what you should and shouldn't eat to lose weight, at least to get most of the way there. The problem is you can't get yourself to do it. And that's a diet in a nutshell. Every diet, you, you give me the exception. Every diet I've ever seen, they're telling you what to do. Don't eat carbs, eat this, do this, do this, do this, do this. And then you think you're just going to take that plan and what? You're just going to follow it, right? You're going to start that Monday, follow it perfectly. As long as you need to until you lose the weight. Which How, long, how many times has that worked for you? You know, there's just such a lack of understanding of how your mind works. The idea that you're going to wake up tomorrow on a Monday and just follow a completely different eating plan until you lose the weight. It, it's, it sounds silly, I hope, when I say it like that. And it is. You know, it's ineffective and it works for no one. You know this. If, if one of your friends, if anyone you know in your life, like, oh, I'm going to go on a diet so I can lose some weight, do you ever believe that's going to work? Like, does any part of you believe that's going to work? You never believe people when they say it because it doesn't work. You, it doesn't work for you. It doesn't work for anyone. That's the problem you're at now. Like, you tell yourself, I want to do this diet. You don't believe it, you know? And so, again, in my world, I think you have to understand how your mind works. Anatomically, your conscious mind's 10% of your brain. The rest of your brain is this part we're talking about, the subconscious mind that operates completely different. What most people do is they use their conscious mind to fight against their subconscious mind. Your subconscious mind runs things on autopilot, right? So I'll give you an example. Brushing your teeth is a habit you've installed and it now just runs on autopilot. You don't have to think about it. You just brush your teeth and when you wake up, you brush your teeth and you go to bed. Half the time you forget if you did it or not, but you just, you just do it on auto, autopilot. Well, listen, all of your eating is, is run like that. It's just run on autopilot. So your subconscious mind says, oh, it's eight o'clock, let's eat our ice cream. Right? So, no, 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 we're on a diet. We, we can't do that. Can't do that. Okay? And 10 minutes go by. Hey, wait a second. What's going on? It's 8 o'clock. Why aren't we eating our ice cream? No, 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 no. We're on a diet, remember? Right? You do that shit all night long. You're like, oh, God, that was hard. Right? You do the whole thing again tomorrow. 
So what you're doing with your diets is you just, you're using your willpower to fight against your subconscious mind. And your subconscious mind is infinitely more powerful, okay? It runs every behavior that you have learned and now just run automatically. Reading, writing, driving a car, using a computer mouse, brushing your teeth, taking a shower, cooking. I mean, it's, it's everything. And you don't have to think about that stuff now, right? You just do it on autopilot. Why? Because it was easy? No. It took you years to learn how to read and write. Now you just do it without even thinking at all. You see? So this is the more powerful part of our brain and you're trying to micromanage it with your conscious mind, which is not up for the task. You're not designed that way. You know, just to drive the point out, it's like imagine if you had to remember to breathe. We'd all be dead. We're not built for that. And that is how you are trying to lose weight. And you wonder why it doesn't work and you think it's your fault. That's why I get on here every day. Because to me, it's like, this is life and death to me, weight, health, all this stuff. And so the worst thing for me is when people adopt this belief, well, no matter what I do, I can't lose weight because there's something wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with you. The, the problem is that you have a horseshit strategy. The diets are a horseshit strategy. This idea, I'm just going to tell you what to do. You know, it's like me giving you a, um, you know, like, like a, a music score, right? You've never played an instrument. You've never played piano in your life, right? You don't know anything about music. And I go and give you the music score and say, oh, here you go. Play the music. How long does it take you to figure out how to play those notes and that music? You know what I mean? Like, that's kind of what it's like with a diet. And I know logically it makes a lot of sense, the diets. I get that. Oh, just cut the calories down. Oh, just stop eating carbs. Oh, just don't eat for 16 hours. Logically, it all makes complete sense. But how is it when you go to adopt those behaviors? How does it feel? Right? Do you enjoy it? No. Is it overwhelming? Yes. Is it tiring? Do you feel deprived? Does it suck? Does time compress? Yes. <laughs> you know? So it's like, I, I'm not... I hope this makes sense because I don't want you to feel like it's you. It's not you. You know what I mean? It's just, it's a lack of understanding because you've been inundated with diet bullshit your entire life. We all have. Millions of ads we've all seen. Just, it's, it's nonstop our entire lives. And it's, it's given most people a dieter mindset. And you are now a dieter. You're a person who thinks as either as an overweight person or a dieter. That's it. You got two mindsets. Overweight, diet. Overweight, diet. They're two sides of the same coin. Never, ever, ever, never do you focus on becoming a thin and healthy person. Do you? You know? And so, so how could it happen? How is this spontaneously, magically going to happen? You know? It doesn't make any sense. So program yourself thin is about how do you create a thin mindset? You know? We're less... I'm not giving you a, a fucking meal plan. I would never just give you a meal. Oh, this is what I eat. Who gives a shit what I eat? <laughs> I mean, you want to eat like me? You don't even know me. Well, I'm going to lose a bunch of weight. I'll do it. No, you won't. No, you won't. <laughs> you know, how many meal plans do you need? You need to create a meal plan for yourself, by the way. And program yourself in. I give you the outline and you create your own meal plan. Why? Because you're a unique person. I always try to put this in context by saying, would you let me tell you what movies you're going to watch? What music you're going to listen to? What clothes you're going to wear? But you're going to let just some person you've never met and doesn't know you tell you what food you're going to eat forever? Like, you're not going to do that. You know why? Because it's a shitty quality of life. Right? Doesn't it feel like shit when you go on a diet? Do you ever wonder? You think about losing weight 24 hours a day and you never do anything to make it happen. Well, it's not rocket science, man. You don't have to be Sherlock Holmes to crack the case. It's because you fucking hate dieting. You don't want to diet. You don't want to live and eat that way. You really want to lose the weight, but you don't want to diet. And you only think, you can't even separate weight loss from dieting at this point be honest you ask a thousand people in america how you lose weight you're gonna get three things diet surgery medicine well you're not gonna hear mindset and i'm telling you what because where did all this come from 
30 years ago, I was 50 pounds heavier and I learned neuro-linguistic programming, learned a bunch of other shit too, but NLP was the big one. That was really the science of modeling. Find people getting the results you want. What the fuck's going on? What are you, what are you doing? And so that was a big breakthrough for me because I, I was at the Y at the time. Like I had membership. I began finding people that had lost weight and kept it off for years. What, what did you do? How, how did you do this? Don't tell me what you fucking ate. <laughs> what, what, how, what was the shift? How, how did you go from that to that? That's what I'm interested in. And that was absolutely fascinating because that's when you started to realize they thought differently about themselves, about food, about their health, about their lifespans. You know, they thought about all of this stuff. And so it was, um, that was such a breakthrough, you know, because I'd been surrounded by people that were always struggling the way I was telling me what to do. I always joke, like the guy that taught me the most about diets was a 450 pound comedian who's a family friend, great guy, spent the last 20 years of life in a wheelchair because he, he would do a different diet every other week. Expensive diets, always a different thing. He would sit there, I would listen to him. He would talk for hours about just like the philosophy behind these diets and <laughs> the supplements and all the bullshit. And um, every, every other week was a different one. Never, none of them ever worked. And so I started listening to these people that had actually created the changes and then it became obvious. It, it really comes down to your mindset. The mindset's way more important than a meal plan, you know? And so you're sitting here and you're just like stuck in this loop. I know you're stuck because every client I've ever worked with is stuck. They think about weight loss 24 hours a day and don't actually make it happen. And they've been doing this for decades. And on top of that, most of the clients I work with, they're smart. They're thinking, they're overthinkers usually. They're usually perfectionists. Um, but they're usually successful in areas of their lives, whether it's professionally or whether personally, you know. Um, but they're successful. They've got willpower. They can stick to a plan. They can do all this stuff over here, but they can't get themselves to do it with their weight. Well, why not? You know, and that's what, that's what I spent the last 20 years doing professionally. I've done over 5,000 private weight loss sessions. So anyways, I, I, I don't know if that's the answer you expected. That's what I'd say. Anna says, why should thin be the goal? Thin is not equal healthy. Um, that's not true. I mean, thin doesn't necessarily equal healthy, but thins, thin can equal healthy. Absolutely. You know, I get this shit all the time. I, I got to say, it's, it's, I've been doing this for a while now on TikTok because TikTok's been a real eye-opener for me because it's like I've been doing weight loss stuff for, like I said, 30 years personally, 20 years professionally. And I've, I've been only in the world of helping people that are overweight, that want to lose weight, lose weight. That's what I've been doing c- c- solely. No eating disorder stuff. I get on TikTok about a year ago and all the shit I've been saying for all these years now all of a sudden can be taken a totally different way. You know, and so if I talk about how to eat less food, Oh, you know, it's that. So, so anyways, I, I get the thin thing. I know it's a loaded word. I've spent a lot of time thinking, well, what's the word I want to use? I've made videos. What, what do you think is a better word than thin? You know, finally, I just like, I'm, I'm picking thin, thin and healthy. I want you to be thin and healthy. Obviously we know what thin and unhealthy looks like. I'm not promoting anything like that because again, thin to me is you living at your goal weight and your goal weight is the weight that gives you the best quality of life. When you're deciding on your weight, you can't just pick your weight as if it lives in a vacuum which a lot of people do, where they just pick a number. Because I've, I've done I've done over 5,000 prior weight loss sessions. Every single one of those, I always ask, why, what do you want to weigh? Okay, why? And I, almost without fail, it's a shitty reason. People have very shitty reasons why they want to weigh what they want to weigh. Um, you probably do yourself listening to this right now. Meaning, well, I don't know, that's what I weigh when I got married. Oh, that's what I weigh when I was 20. Oh, that's what I weigh when I lost a bunch of weight on Weight Watchers. You know? It's like, you need to give your weight a lot more meaning, your goal weight. And you can't just look at and pick a weight just based on a number because you've got to live and eat a certain way in order to achieve that weight. I think a lot of people are out there with a weight they've chosen down here and they aren't willing to live and eat this way. They don't like it. 
So if that's the case, what the fuck? Why, why do you keep picking that low weight if you're not willing? Like the person just asked, you know, you have to figure out what works for you. I've maintained, I've maintained the same way for 30 years, but I had a blip about 12 years ago. My son was born. We moved to a new house, redoing it. A very stressful, tiring time. And I put almost 25 pounds on. And so I took off 15, but I raised my goal weight by 10 pounds because in that situation in life, it was just overwhelming and tired. I didn't have that, the energy of the focus on those things. I just, it had to go other places. So your goal weight doesn't just have to be this number you pick because what it does, it leads to dumb shit where like I, every one of these call, I, and I hope no one asks this. I haven't seen all the questions, but someone always asks like, what do you think of water fasting, you know, for weight loss? Well, I think it's stupid. Why would you do something temporary? What's the point? I'm only about long-term success. I'm not going to invest any energy into something that's not going to be long-term for me. And that's served me very, very well. Um, but so anyway, so, so yeah, being thin, I know that's a loaded word. I mean, thin and healthy. Um, and obviously you can be thin and healthy. Um, you can be overweight and healthy too, by the way, just so you know, when you're choosing your goal weight, um, thin, you know, normal range, overweight range, you can be just as healthy in either of those. And those two categories really comes down more to your exercise, your lifestyle. Um, once you start getting obese, that's, that's different. You know what I mean? That is correlated with a lot of other stuff, but so is underweight, you know? So, um, again, yeah, thin and healthy. So, so I agree with you. Yes, thin and healthy. But I use the word thin um, because I want to be thin. And that's why it is. I like being thin. I like being light. I like, um, I feel like it's less stressful in my body. This is the way I want to be at. But again, thin is relative to the person. You can choose whatever you want. You could aim at being in the overweight range BMI wise and call yourself thin if that's what you want to be. Again, so to me, thin's an attitude. It's you weighing what you want to weigh and your weight being dictated by what's going to give you the best quality of life. Which weight is is part of you being the best version of yourself? So I always say, take your weight loss, wrap it in personal development. You've got to make this process more than just wanting to look different. You know, so I'd suggest who is the best you? You know, and, and that's what we want to aim at. One aspect of that is whatever your goal weight is, your goal health, you know, all of those things. But I think it's got to be more than just, I want to look better. That's usually not enough motivation, to be honest. Um, Julian says, thin is healthier... Thin is healthier than fat, though, Anna. Yeah. Um, not necessarily a fat person who eats healthy is much healthier than someone with an ED. Yes, that's all true. But I think we know. I, again, I mean, we get into these things. Uh, you know what I mean? Come on. I get it. I get it. Again, overweight people, that's new That's new research, right? Relatively. That people in the overweight category can be just as healthy. It does. It matters what you're eating, your lifestyle, your exercising, all of those things. Um, and obviously, yeah, you can be underweight and be really, really sick. So I think we know that. And so I understand the word thin. Um, but I also think that's part of the process. I think that thin, you know, it's like if I make a video that, that talks about how to consume less calories, I'll get people saying, oh, so I should starve myself. You know what I mean? So there's always like people kind of taking it this other way. I don't mean any of that. And so I get it. You don't know me. You don't know what I'm saying. So I, so I understand all that. But I'm always aimed at thin and healthy and not just healthy physically, healthy mentally, emotionally, spiritually, if that's important to you. I, I think all those things are important because again, really what I'm aiming at, program yourself in really is not a weight loss program. It's a personal development program. And one aspect of that is getting your weight under control where you want it to be and your health under control and all those things. Right? Um, can't motivate, go exercise, why? I'm going to say can't motivate myself to go exercise, why? Um, probably because you hate the exercise, if I had to guess. Um, you know, and so what I always suggest to people, I, I, if you, if you can't get yourself to exercise, what I would do is I'd switch exercise with activity and really aim at becoming more active as, as a first step and maybe the ultimate step, you know, I don't like exercising. 
I haven't exercised in 30 years any any consistent way. I've done my little blips. I did like P90X once or twice. I did Insanity for a month. Um, but over 30 years, I've done yoga, which is the most gentle yoga ever. I'm not burning any calories. I've mastered my weight by mastering my eating. Um, but I'm now in a position where I need to start doing some more resistance training for other reasons that aren't weight related. Um, but I hate exercising. I, I really just don't enjoy it. Um, so, but I'm very active. And the difference I make is this, that exercising on a treadmill or doing something kind of mindless is torture to me. Doing things that has a little more context to it, I find much more enjoyable. So what I'd suggest to you is, is start aiming at activity, see if you can start doing more stuff um, and see if that's easier for you. Um, hey, Deb, what's up? Hello, Jim. Looking forward to this program and Zoom call tomorrow. Yeah, I can't wait, Deb. I can't wait to meet you on the Zoom call. That's going to be awesome. And great job. Good job taking action. I'm proud of you. Um, Jack Weber, can you do me a favor? Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing these long enough to know when it's coming. Yeah, sure, Jack. What do you need? Uh, Kat says it's hard to control sugar cravings. Oh, it absolutely is. Sugar cravings are hard to create control because it's a very addictive substance. Let's just call it what it is. That being said, I don't think you have to give it up completely. I'm a man of moderation. You know, that that's how I roll. Now, again, well, I always say this, the golden rule of programming yourself, then there's no right or wrong. There's only what works for you. Okay. That being said, sugar is a very addictive substance for most people. And so the way I manage it first is mentally, I've framed sugar as almost like alcohol. Like in my mind, I, and alcohol to me is a very, I've had a lot of issues with alcohol at one point. So, but I never, I never identify as alcoholic. So I said, okay, how can I have a relationship with alcohol that's healthier? Okay. But you can imagine, and I'm there, but you can imagine that to do that, you would have to have a very, you'd have a lot of respect for alcohol. Right? You have to be very careful with it. I'm the same way with sugar. And so that's the first step. If you want to deal with sugar, I would suggest go watch a documentary. Go see what the sugars actually does to your body, to your mind, to your psychology. Educate yourself about it. That's a form of programming, folks. You know what I mean? This isn't all just hypnosis. It's really about how you think about things. And I promise you, we live in a culture where the effects of sugar have been way minimized. The effects of being overweight, way minimized. There's a lot of money being made off of people being overweight, unhealthy, and unhappy. I'd say that's probably the main thing driving the whole economy. You know? So when it comes to sugar, yeah, it's hard. And the first reason why is because the way you think about sugar is not accurate. You're not thinking about it accurately. When you look and see what sugar actually does to a human body and how it affects you, that would be one of the most powerful things you could do. And I bet you'll have an increased ability to influence your sugar cravings after watching a 20-minute documentary about what sugar does to a body. Um, Colleen says, I don't even eat much and it's so hard to lose weight. I don't have a gallbladder. Ugh, yeah, that sucks. Um, yeah, I don't even eat much. What I would suggest, just let's talk about food a little bit. Um, one thing that you really, I think, I, I think most people ought to orient to, and again, I'm not a nutritionist or a dietitian or a doctor, so this is just my thoughts on this, but I'm a big fan of plant-based diet, okay? Not saying you can't eat meat, right? But I think the core of every diet should be plant-based um, assuming you're doing that, um, some t people lose weight quick and some lose it slow for, for a number of reasons. And so I, I get that and that that's hard, but remember this, and this is the important piece that again, you don't want to lose weight. You want to return to your goal weight and live there for the rest of your life. Now I say that because there's nothing more discouraging than when we have some idea in our mind of how quickly we're going to lose the weight. I just made a video on this with the weight loss calculators. They're just guesstimates. But one of the things that sabotages people more than anything else is this sense that this is how most people, dieters think about weight loss as a temporary thing. So I'm going to diet until I lose the weight, you know? You don't want to think that way, right? Because you don't want to just lose the weight. You've, you've got to stop that. It's the biggest reframe you can do is to realize you don't just want to lose the weight. 
You want to live at your goal weight. Why is that distinction so important? Because one is a temporary frame in your mind and the other one is a permanent frame. Does that make sense? And so let me bring it another step further. You're approaching your weight loss like it's a sprint, you know? And so when we run a sprint, perfection is the only thing that's going to let you win, right? If you trip a little bit on a, in a sprint, you've lost, okay? If you trip on a marathon, that's okay. Not a big deal, right? Again, it, it, the longer it takes, you're not in as much of a rush, right? What's the point? And so I'm telling you the framing of how you're thinking about this makes the biggest difference in the world. So um, I get it. It's hard to lose weight, but calm down and relax and let yourself realize that you're not, you're not just losing weight. You're learning how to live at your goal weight forever. I hope that makes some impact for you, you know, and that'll help you deal with it. But again, and I, I respect you. You really do have a challenge here. Um, but again, that reframe can, can help a bit. Um, Grayson says tips for losing weight. If you had a restricted, restrictive ED in the past. Um, again, I, I think, and I, I don't, I'm not an eating disorder person at all. I, I've worked with almost zero eating disorders. My, the last year on TikTok is my only exposure to it. What I will say that is this, one, one thing I've learned from it is that I think it's the goal that makes a big difference. And I think, I think where people that are overweight and people that are dealing with EDs, I think one thing they have in common is thinking that just losing the weight's going to make everything better, you know, or, or that just the weight loss in and of itself equals something better. The weight loss is just a means to an end. And it really depends on the process you use to create it. And I think this is a big problem in the culture is that we get so fixated on the outcome of losing weight that we say, I don't, I don't give a shit what I got to do. I just want to lose the weight. That's why I get people say, what do you have water fasting? Well, it's fucking stupid. Why would you, because what are you going to do? Lose 10 pounds in two weeks and then what? Then what happens, you know? And so I think we have to realize that weight and money are very similar in the sense that they're means to an end. And it's not the end of losing weight or the end of making money that's really the goal. It's how we do it as well. Because if you starve yourself to lose weight, what's the point? You know, um, if, you, if you're starving yourself and you know you're, you're unhealthy, people are worried about you, it's such a stressful, unpleasant experience. And it's not the best you. You know what I mean? Like, like it, it's got all these weird motivations that, that aren't aligned with your health and your happiness. And so what I would suggest is that you start the process by not what the weight is, but really saying, who is the best version of me? Right, so, so Grayson, I said, who is the best Grayson I can possibly be? And you take some time with this, right? You go for a walk, you get, get away from the screens, get away from your normal environment. Who's the best Grayson I can possibly be? You start with that goal and then you kind of work yourself backwards. Well, what's that weight? What's that lifestyle? What am I eating? What's that health? You know what I mean? What's that activity level? And you start working it back that way. That helps you to not just focus on that number because that number in and of itself doesn't mean shit. It really doesn't. Because again, if you have an ED, you've got this really low number and it's not a happy state of being, you know, for, for most people that I've, I've found. And um, if you're overweight, just thinking a number is going to fix everything. It's not. I, I can't stress that enough. And I don't know, that might be discouraging for you to understand, but I'd rather you hear that now than lose the weight and then be like, oh, I thought everything would be better. This is what I deal with. I, everyone I've ever worked with has lost weight and put it back on. I always say, what, what happened? You lost the weight. Why did you put it back on? And I always get an answer of something like, I didn't feel like myself, you know, and that, that gets to a whole nother point that really like your weight is a physical projection of your mental self. You may not like the weight, but you can't disagree that you're familiar with it. You're comfortable with it. You've been living with it for a while and you think of yourself as an overweight person. So again, with program yourself, then right after we get through motivation, we move on to the self-image. This whole process is an inside out approach to weight mastery. And it starts by changing how you think about yourself. Who do you want to be? 
And so I think that that's the same thing with ED. I think we can't just chase the weight as if just achieving a certain weight is going to make us change a whole lot. It's not. It's really not. I'm telling you this, you know? And so it works both ways. Um, Lily says, I feel so called out right now. Mind-blowing. Thank you so much for all the information. You're welcome, Lily. I'm, I'm so glad. That's what I want to do. Because I, I care about you guys. You know that. Sometimes I, I think, sometimes me thinks I come off a little obnoxious and condescending or rude. or I, I don't mean any of that. You know that. Um, if you don't know my story, you know, my dad died at 54 of a heart attack. I was nine. My brother was six. That was the big trauma. Um, and so I was like, oh, I knew it was the weight and the lifestyle at that point. I was like, I'm never going to do that. You know, 10 years later, I was 50 pounds heavier, binge drinking. I was a mess. And it was just by a miracle that I come across information that absolutely transformed my life. And, um, you know, that, that's the short version of how I got here now. So when I do these TikTok videos, when I do the podcast, when I do these lives, it's me serving it's me serving you know the, the world here um this is a mission for me you know to, to really help as many people so yeah everything comes from a place of love and wanting to help you get the results you deserve because again it's not just about losing weight it's about being the best version of yourself and i think having your weight under control your health under control are big parts of that you know um, but i want you to be happier i want you to live as long as you can i want you to have the best relationships possible i want you to exceed and, and reach as much of your potential as you possibly can you know, and that's really what jazzes me up. So yeah, to hear anyone liking this, I really, I'm, I'm glad that helped you. Um, Colleen says, I have a goal body fat percentage. Okay. Yeah. A goal body fat percentage. Yeah. Why not? Right. I mean, it's just, we can, that's what the, it's funny with the weight, right? The weight thing is such a funny thing because we have no evolutionary mechanisms to want us to lose weight. You know what I mean? And like to even understand weight, it's weird. Calories, like like there's no intuitive sense of what those mean. You know, we, we've evolved in, in an environment that had no scale. It had no pictures. It had no mirrors. You know what I mean? So like a sense of body and, and there wasn't the food and, and the weight issues either. And so like this sense of like weight and becoming all important is, is a new thing that we're trying to imprint onto our brains. Um, but, but body fat, my, what if we all just focused on that? You know, so um, again, whatever you want to focus on, it's fine to start and let that be a goal, but you've got to give it more meaning because body fat percentage doesn't mean shit to you. Weight doesn't really mean much to your brain. You know, if anything, your brain wants you to put as much body fat on and as much weight on as possible, you know? So it's like, that's why trying to lose weight and just that being the goal, I just want to look better. I just want to lose weight. It's a shitty motivator. It, it really is. I don't know. You, you don't believe me. That's the funny part. I know you don't believe me, but it's like, yeah, look at your results. Cause let me, I'll give me an example. You're not going to like this probably just a thought experiment, but like if I asked you, I said, okay, how motivated are you to lose weight? All right. How, how motivated, how serious are you about losing weight? Right. On a scale of one to 10. What do you think? Okay. Now let's find out if that number is accurate or not by with a little thought experiment. I want you to think about the person you love the most in your life, right? Think about the person you love the absolute most in your life. Now imagine they were kidnapped and the kidnapper said, you're never going to see this person again. If you don't lose weight this month. And I'm going to put all your favorite foods around the house. See you in a month, right? Should that person be worried or should they not be worried? Because you're not going to touch any of that. You're going to lose weight. You're 100%. Now you're motivated, right? So on a scale of one to 10, what's your motivation in that situation? Okay. Now let's go back to the original number. Was that number accurate or was it a little elevated? See, a lot of times people are, are kind of in trouble because they think they, they're at a level 10 motivation when they're really at a two or three. And if that's the case for you, um, yeah, you, you can't figure what's right. You're like, oh God, I, I'm doing everything and I can't lose weight. Well, you're not doing everything you're not really even motivated. You don't really give a shit. You're kind of comfortable and you kind of, you're ambivalent. That's the word we use. Um, you kind of want to lose weight, but you also kind of don't. 
That's probably where you're at. That's why we program yourself then. What's the first thing we do is we go through the motivation because you don't know how to motivate yourself. Don't tell me you do, <laughs> you know? Um, and so, you know, that's the first thing we do is the motivation matrix. Level one is how to use pain and pleasure, right? Those are the twin forces of motivation. And then level two is intrinsic, extrinsic motivation. That's the literal science of motivation. You might want to learn that. Because you ain't motivated. If you're not actively losing weight and doing this stuff, like you're not really motivated. And being motivated, like once you're really, really motivated, like we do that kidnapper example, right? If you were motivated on that level, weight loss is a breeze, right? Because what happens? The person you love the most, their life depends on you not eating the cookies and the ice cream. How, how much are you struggling? How tempted are you? You're not at all. Fuck it. I'm not touching it. I don't want it. I won't get my purse back. I'm not, I'm not risking anything. I'm not I'm done. Now, again, it's just a thought. I'm not saying you should stop eating all that stuff. I'm just using an example to really calibrate where you're at motivation-wise. And the first step you need to do is is understand how to get motivated because you're not motivated. I'm just telling you this. What you think your motivation, because you think about losing weight all day long, you think that means you're motivated. And I'm telling you, it's not that. If anything, that loop you keep running about why you don't lose weight and why I can't do this and I just want to lose weight is literally keeping you from losing weight which gets to all the subconscious programming. That's all the programming I'm talking about. You're programming yourself to be the exact weight you're at. You've been at the same weight. You've got like an anchor weight, right? It's not physical. It's mental. You think of yourself as that person. And until that changes, you're not going to lose weight for long. You might go on a diet and drop it and then put it right back on. Right? I know this. I, Cause I'm telling you, I, I hit a real weird there's a vacuum in the weight loss industry and what it is is how the fuck do I get myself to do this stuff right <laughs> come on man wait if I see another fucking diet telling you what to eat I'm gonna scream it, that is not the problem if you were a robot and you just typed in what you should eat all day and you did it would you have any problem losing weight you know like like the problem's not knowing so stop with the fucking diets you you can't get any more nutritional information that's gonna help you <laughs> I always ask myself, I said, what would be more helpful if I gave you a book this big with every piece of nutrition information of every food on the planet? Ooh. Or a pill that if you took it, you would eat the way you know you should. You know what I mean? And so it's like they keep, the diners keep selling you the bullshit, the information. You got to focus on transformation. How do I change the way I'm thinking about myself, about food, about my behaviors? How do I change this stuff? You know, you're not motivated. You're motivated. You want to know your motivation? Your motivation is spontaneous. It, it, it comes out of nowhere and it's what we call pain-based spontaneous motivation. It's when you step on the scale and you're like, holy shit, you see the picture of yourself. Oh my God, um, the clothes that you swore would always fit don't fit. Uh, you know, you gotta go to the doctors. Someone says something shitty to you. You catch a reflection. Then you're oh, that's it. And you're so upset. You get so upset. You say, that's it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. And then you go, you jump into some, oh, that's it, no more carbs. Start tomorrow, no more carbs. No more sugar. Right? And you do this overcorrection that you do for a couple days, if that, and then you just go back to how you always are once the pain wears off a little bit. you know. Or worse, you stick with it and then you start losing weight. But what happens? As you start losing the weight, your pain goes down and so does your motivation and you can't stick with it. you know. So again, understanding motivation is a crucial part of this process. Um, how much do you weigh? Just curious. I, I don't like answering that. Um, I'm right, right where I want to be. I'm in a normal BMI range, but I just don't like saying like what I do because... People just take stuff the wrong way. And like, I, I don't know, like, I, I just don't like doing it. Plus, you know, like I get people sometimes like, oh, look at you, you puffy face. No one should listen to you about weight loss. <laughs> it's like, there's just, there's too many people in the world. You know what I mean? Like, like 
just keep it for yourself. That's a little suggestion for you too. Anytime you do like seriously, okay, I'm going to start losing weight. I'm going to take it on. I would suggest you don't tell anyone, friends, family. <laughs> I keep it to myself as much as possible because telling people about your weight, weight loss, anything is like waving a red flag in front of them half the time. But anyways, oh, what's up, Mandy? How's it going? Loving the program so far. That's so awesome. I love that. love that. That is good. What is a good motivation? Yeah, good motivation is, I, I think, again, we, we, I talk about the, the motivation matrix. The first part is is pleasure pain, like utilizing that. Because pain's a very powerful motivator. But I like to say pain's, a great, pain's great for making a decision to lose weight, but pleasure is the thing that's good for carrying it out. So this is really important. Let me talk about this for a second. I don't really talk about this a lot. This is the first thing we go through in the program. The big problem people make is they try and just pain themselves into losing weight right? That's what you're trying to do. Oh, I feel like fucking shit. Oh, I look like shit and I'm fat and I'm ugly and I'm gross and I'm blah, blah, blah. And you try doing all that stuff to motivate yourself to lose weight. But what, guess what? Your brain hates pain. So good luck. Your brain is a pleasure seeking mechanism. That's why this fucking is hard in the first place. It's hard to say no to the food because it's pleasurable. So you cannot just use pain. That's what people do all the time. They just put the screws themselves. Now, I'm not going to feel confident. I'm not going to feel beautiful until I lose the weight. Once I lose the weight, then I'll feel good about myself. I'm going to feel like shit in the meantime, though. I, I get people writing that comments all the time when I say, hey, you, you know, use pleasure. It's bullshit. You'd be lying to yourself and whatever, right? You know, there's a lot of people on the planet. You get to choose how you want to do this. But um, I think good motivation is using both of them, using the pain. So for example, oh, thanks for the rose. I use the pain of my father dying. And I said, I do not want to die at 54. Most painful thing I've ever experienced. I don't want to do it to my family. I don't want that. That's the pain. But if I stayed mired in that pain, I just feel like shit that's not the point. You know what I mean? So it's there and I can, I can tap into it, but really where I'm, where I'm steeping myself day in and day out is the pleasure. And this is where no one does this. No one does this. You want to talk about the mindset of weight loss? Here it is in a nutshell. It's really putting yourself into the pleasure of living as the person you want to be at the weight you want to be as the physical uh, fitness you want to be the health you want to be the activity levels you want to be the accomplishments, all the things that are important to you as a person, the weight's a piece of that. That's the pleasure that you want to steep yourself in. And so the first step is, and you see it, you see, you can go watch my TikToks. I make videos of this. Every time I make a batch of videos, I do one where it's imagine yourself tomorrow morning. I always use tomorrow morning because you know tomorrow morning. You know what you're going to do tomorrow. So it's a, it's a preset frame. You have a pretty good idea what you're going to do tomorrow. And now what we do though is we plug you as your ideal self in that. So you can imagine what it's going to feel like. Because think about it. Why are we all addicted to food? Yeah, okay, it's good. Sure, that's part of it. The bigger part is that we're fucking constantly, constantly, constantly in our brains, we're getting images of food. Constantly. I mean, if you watch an hour of TV, it's 25 minutes of commercial. Half of that's food related. You drive down the street, it's constantly food, 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 food. It's constantly triggering you to think about the pleasure of the food. So how often, when are you triggering yourself the pleasure of being at your goal weight, of being the person you want to be? How often are you getting reminded of that? How often are you steeping yourself in the pleasure of being who you want to be? I know the answer is zero. Because I know what you're doing is you're constantly thinking about why am I fucking up? Why can't I do this? Why do I keep screwing up? Why am I overweight? Why don't I stick with a plan? That's what you're always thinking. And that goes back to what I originally said. Your subconscious mind doesn't understand negatives. You're fixating on the problems and you're getting more and more of the problems and you feel completely stuck now. I know how you feel. You feel like you, you've done every diet, you've tried everything and nothing is even, it's not even close, folks. I'm not saying this to be a dick, but think about this. You've been trying to lose weight for 10, 20, 30, 40 years, 
Okay. And if you're really honest with yourself, I bet you realize, you know, as little about how to lose weight right now as you did before you started your first diet. Cause you're never, ever, never learning about the mindset piece. And the, the worst part for me is that it's not rocket science. Like it's, it's not that confusing. It's just, no one thinks about it. Right. And how is it? I don't know how it can be. Cause what do you think the main problem is for you to lose weight? Write it in there. If you, what, what do you think? You don't know what to eat. I know there's a little bit of that too, but I mean, come on. You know what I mean? Like everyone I've ever worked with, it's like, cause listen, I'm the hypnotist. I'm the, I'm the solution to last resort. No one starts with a hypnotist, right? You've got to try 50 diets first. It's uh, tried everything. Here I am. Okay. So it's like, they know all the nutritional stuff. They know they shouldn't be eating cookies all night long. You know what I mean? Problem is they don't know how to get themselves to not do it and to do something else. And so who's talking to you about how to change your behaviors and in a practical way? It's not very common, is it? Maybe there's a reason for that. Maybe these diets don't want you to really lose weight for good. Most of the big diets are owned by food companies. Do you really think, do you really think Weight Watchers owned by Heinz? Do you really think Heinz doesn't want you to eat their bullshit? I always joke, I mean, when Heinz buys Program Yourself Thin and blasts it out to the world, well, I'll say, you know what, everyone was wrong. <laughs> Heinz really does not want you to eat their shit. Because if you, people on Program Yourself Thin eat a lot of, less of Heinz's bullshit. You know, not none of it because you can eat some of it sometimes. Again, that's the sweet spot, but not as much as you've been eating, you know, same with Nestle, all these bullshit places, you know, because all those processed foods don't even get me started on the processed foods because those are the fucking cigarette companies. Do you know that? Do you know the, the cigarette companies divested from cigarettes back in the 70s went into food? Do you know Nabisco and RJ Reynolds are literally the same company? They merged together. Do you know the parent company of Kraft is Philip Morris? You know what I mean? Like, like it's, they're making the most addictive products possible and using the most aggressive marketing they possibly can, you know? And you wonder why, oh, you know, why, why do I keep thinking about food? Well, anyways, but if we go back to the motivation of, of using pleasure, you know, what's really compelling is you at your best, you consistently. And again, that's why what you need to master your weight is you need a process, you need a process that you can stick with. It's like brushing your teeth, right? You brush your teeth. So it's like, yeah, you have good and bad days of eating, you know, sugar and, and things that give you cavities, but you, you start and end each day brushing your teeth kind of start from scratch, right? So it's like with weight loss, you all, it's like an endurance test, right? It's like you just, it's a streak. You start day one and you're trying to, how many days can I go perfect? Ugh, blew it off the wagon, right? Fuck that. Program yourself. Then we're not starting perfect. We're starting with a process. It's a one, two minute process. The program yourself then technique where we're learning. We're learning from our mistakes. We're understanding ourselves. We're coming up with real strategies, systematic strategies to become the person we want to be. And so you need some process where you learn from your mistakes because you're going to make mistakes. That's the, the craziest part of the diet mentality is this all or nothing mentality that you're going to start tomorrow and be perfect until you reach your goal weight. It's literally called the planning fallacy. It's, it's a wiring we're born with. You know, and so it's like our brain just wants to save energy. So it's, oh, I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to start Monday. I'm just going to get to my goal weight. And you're under the, talk about hypnosis because it makes no sense. Why are you, why do you think that? When you reflect on your weight loss history, why do you think that some Monday is going to show up and you're just all of a sudden going to be following your keto plan perfect? You're all of a sudden you're going to count your points perfectly. All of a sudden, I'm not going to eat for 16 hours a day from now on. Like, why would you think that's just all of a sudden just going to happen? It hasn't happened in 20, 30, 40 years. You, you know, and it's, it, it's, again, it's, it's, oh, these companies make me crazy because they know this psychology. If I know it, they know it. You know what I mean? Like, like it's, it's, and so it, it's just, it's annoying though, because it's real people's lives here. You know what I mean? It's real stuff. 
Um, and he says, love the example. Would you rather have your favorite meal or wake up at your goal weight? Yeah, it's great. I just made another uh, video on that one. I love that question because that question really, that drives the point I'm trying to say, right? If I ask all of you, would you rather have the most delicious meal you ever had in your entire life? Right? Now, that's quite an offer. I'm talking about the most delicious meal you've ever tasted in your entire life or to wake up tomorrow morning at your goal weight. You take the goal weight. Right? So, so, oh, I can't wake up tomorrow. My goal, that's a bullshit question. That's not the point of it. The point of it is to put the two pleasures side by side. Which one's more pleasurable? The food or the weight? Right? So when you think about it, when you take a step back and think about it and put them next to each other, most people say, well, the weight. That would be, why? Because it's long lasting. The food just is, it's there and it's gone. The weight, I could live longer. I'd be happier. I'd look better. I'd feel better. I'd be a better version of myself. Right? So as soon as you think about it, you're like, oh, I would want that. So you've got the truth on your side, folks. The problem is you have no process to reinforce that truth. So program yourself. Let me just, I think you need a much more comprehensive. I I think weight loss, you think about weight loss like it's a bank account, debits, credits, right? And I think about weight loss like it's a stock market. There's, There's way more forces that are affecting you than you realize, okay? But anyways, so just to point out what a different weight loss approach looks like, right? Program yourself then, you know, you, you, you sign up and it starts, first I deliver it through your phone because I know the hardest part of change is remembering to change. We're all on autopilot, okay? So I know you're gonna look at your phone tomorrow morning and when you do, you're gonna see a message from me. You click on that message and it's gonna bring you to a five-minute hypnosis session. Can you listen to a five-minute session in the morning? Yeah. And you start your day relaxed and calm, hearing this positive stuff, reinforcing the pleasure of being the person you wanna be. Then you go through your day and you naturally make better choices because of that five minutes in the morning. Then you get home at night. Hey, there's another message from Jim. Hey, do your two-minute technique and then listen to your sleep gnosis session. So you do your two-minute technique. You reflect on the day. You program into tomorrow. And then you listen to your 10-minute sleep gnosis session. Another 10 minutes of relaxed, calm, positive weight loss mantras. Reinforcing that pleasure. You know, you do this for eight weeks. And so it starts to build up this mindset of being a thin, healthy person. You start to change how you're thinking about food, about yourself, about activity, about your weight, about all these things, naturally, comfortably. What do you think? Listen, every commercial you see is a weight loss, is a, is a hypnosis session. You know, they're all, it's all little mini hypnosis sessions trying to influence your subconscious mind to behave in a certain way. And what positive messaging are you getting on a consistent basis? Probably none, you know? And so that's just one part of the program. Again, there's a, there's a workbook, a six-page workbook. Because again, three pillars of weight mastery, mindset, lifestyle, eating. I make a pyramid shape to imply the importance of each one. Mindset's the foundational piece. Then there's a the lifestyle. And then there's the eating. What you're doing is just trying to change your eating. It's never going to work. It's like trying to build a house from the roof down. You know, it doesn't make any sense. And so once you start approaching this strategically, it starts to take on a whole different feeling. Because right now you're just winging it. With, with your weight loss, you know, you're just, you're just winging it. Oh, Monday, oh, I'm going to try, I'm going to keto tomorrow, start tomorrow, keto. Well, did you learn anything from the last time you did keto? You know, because again, I'm not opposed to keto. I'm not opposed to any of the diets. All the diets work if you follow them, you know. Now, again, I think you ought to come up with your own plan that resonates with you. That That's helpful, you know. Um, so anyways, and then there's coaching. I think coaching's important too, you know, but anyways. Um, you're exactly what I need. Went past that. Exactly what I need. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome, Karen. I appreciate you saying that. Um, tips to stop binging for good. Yeah, great question. Um, big things. 
big thing about binging, the two big ones, right? Usually people are over-restricting and they're getting themselves too hungry and then they can't control their eating. Um, or there's some emotional thing they don't know how to deal with genuinely. So they're using the binge shame cycle to kind of avoid some other emotional thing they don't want to deal with or don't know how to deal with. And so those are the two big starting points that may or may not be you know, applicable to you. But ultimately with the binging thing, it's about understanding yourself because every binge is a little different. You have patterns though, okay? But I think you'll, if you start to pay attention to your binging, you're gonna start to notice there's certain patterns that are recurring. And some of them are triggered because you're bored. Some of them are triggered because you're lonely. Some are triggered because you're stressed out. You know, um, some are triggered because you're starving because you haven't eaten enough all day, you know? But regardless of what is causing it, if you get into the habit, again, this is that process I was telling you about, that redo technique. It's about looking at your day and saying, oh, I'm not happy with that, but then looking at it and understanding it. See, people never want to understand themselves. They want to lose weight. They just want to use willpower and force themselves to act different. I don't think that's a good long-term strategy. So if you're talking about stopping binging for good, well, why are you binging in the first place? You know, people do this with emotional eating all the time. It's like, well, I'm emotional eating. How do I stop it? Well, don't worry about stopping it. Let's seek to understand it because you're doing it for a positive intention. You know, maybe you get stressed out and then you eat a lot to relax. So now you want to get rid of the food, but you're also getting rid of the relaxation. You see, so first we want to like figure out what the emotion, why are we doing it? And let's be strategic with the solution. And once you come up with strategic solutions, they tend to last a lot longer, but you first need to understand what's going on in the first place. Um, would a goal outfit work for that? Yeah, goal outfit's fine. I mean, as long as it's part of, a, of other things, you know, I, I think that's fine. I, I think that the, the thing I would suggest for the average American anyways, is be careful of the goal weight, goal body fat percentage outfit how you're gonna look again those are fine things to have as part of the process but those are what we call extrinsic motivators okay they basically they rely on other people seeing oh look at my new outfit look how i look at it and people are like oh you look great again it's it's a powerful motivator but it's not as powerful as like intrinsic motivation or uh, things that we do for deeper reasons you know um so i'll just leave it at that but a goal outfit yeah it, that, that's a fine thing to add again listen weight mastery weight loss it, it's a war you gotta as much as much stuff you can bring in to support and help you, you use, okay? So I never say, oh, don't use a goal outfit. Use a goal outfit, but don't just use a goal outfit, okay? How do we get out of, how do we get out mindset? Um, how do we get out mindset? I don't understand that question. If, if you're still here, ask it a little more completely. I, I can't understand that. Um, I just finished your lap band hypnosis session. Oh, that's cool, Shannon. Did you like it? I love that session. That's a good one, right? Need to fight the addiction of toxic food and change your lifestyle. Also a good support system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The addiction to toxic food. And I like that word. I mean, listen, you know, I always make this point that we, we tend to intuitively think of like food that processed food that, that these companies make. We tend to think like there's just chefs slaving away in a kitchen over recipes, you know? But really it's kind of the point now where they're inventing these foods in labs by chemists, you know? The, the Ben and Jerry's one always sticks in my head that, you know, they come up with new flavors now, right? Because they're oh, Ben and Jerry up in their hippie cabin slaving away on you know different recipes no they put someone in an fmri machine and scan their brain in real time while they drip different solutions in their tongue to see which ones light up the pleasure centers of the brain the most christ right talk about like creepy and that's what they're doing you know so yeah the toxic food the addictive food it's legit addictive legit like cigarettes you know i, I don't know what to say you know so yeah it's crazy um I understand what you're saying, but are you supposed to be hungry all the time? No, I don't think you should be hungry all the time. Listen, to be honest, I mean, when you're losing weight, you're, and especially at first, you're going to feel hungrier, okay? So I think a slight, getting comfortable with slight hunger is, is very helpful, I find, 
you know? And so I'm not saying be, <laughs> I've come to realize that people take everything I'm saying to extreme. I'm not saying starve yourself. I'm not saying extreme hunger. I'm saying slight hunger is probably where you want to be. Um, but extreme hunger is not, you know, and there's a difference. If you don't know it, you can experiment with and figure it out. Um, extreme hunger overtakes all of you. Okay. When you get really hungry, what happens, it's not just your stomach growling. What happens is all of your senses go to work at finding food. You can hear people opening up candy bars across town. You can smell, you know, someone cooking hot dogs next door. You know what I mean? Like all of your senses get keyed into food. So being really hungry is a shitty strategy to lose weight. And that's what a lot of people try to do. They try and starve themselves to lose weight. It's a very short-term strategy at best. What you want to do is you want to get comfortable being slightly hungry. You know you've had enough. Your stomach's not aching and growling. Um, you're thinking about food and you, you might be feeling hungry, but you're going to start to realize that that's the feeling that's going to allow you to lose weight comfortably. That's a sweet spot. So I think slight hunger is good. That's my opinion. Take it or leave it. Okay, I'm not a doctor, right? But I think slight hunger is a, is a sweet spot for me where I was. Now I'm not hungry though. I want to make that clear. That slight hunger was a phase I went through and it's also strategy. The more fruits and vegetables you eat, the more fiber you consume in natural forms, you're going to find yourself feeling more satisfied. There's a thing called the ileal break and the colon break in your intestines. Um, Listen, fiber is the number one thing that's been stripped from the American diet. It doesn't process well. And so fiber has been stripped from, from a lot of what we eat. And the fiber is what goes into your body. Even if it's not absorbed, it stays in your intestines and it activates these two breaks. It makes, it sends a signal to your body. You've got food, you're full. What you're doing is you're consuming lots of powders, sugar, flour, right? These are literally powders. You're consuming, they just, they just disappear. You know, and you have this empty feeling. That's why you can eat, just keep eating that stuff, you know, and never feel full. So the more real food you eat with more fiber, the more full you're going to feel, just as a side note. Um, yeah, yeah, you believe it's hunger, but it's not. That's true. I mean, a part of it is mental hunger. A lot of like, see, that's what I'm saying. Like hypnotically, we're all hypnotic creatures, folks. We're, 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 you're always going into hypnosis. You've gone to hypnosis trillions of times in your life. Every time you watch a TV show or a movie, it's a state of hypnosis. You're sitting there in a calm, relaxed way. And you're imagining you're in whatever you're watching on TV. You're imagining you're there. It's a vicarious experience. And you're having real feelings and emotions and reactions from that. It's not real, but it feels real. That's why we like it, okay? And so sometimes, you know, what's driving a lot of our hunger is like, oh, well, it's three o'clock in the afternoon. I usually get up and get a candy bar. Oh, it's eight o'clock at night. I usually get up and eat some chips, you know? So a lot of it's just association. I'll give it, let me give you an example. I'll, I'll bring this point home. Um, if you, 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 do you know what thumb you are? Are you left or right thumbed? I know you don't know, um, but let's clasp our hands together. Clasp your hands together like this, Okay. And you got to do this. Do this. All right. Um, so which thumb's on top? Okay. That's the thumb you are. That's your dominant thumb. Now you don't give a shit. You don't care. But what I want you to do is unclasp your hands and do it the other way so the other thumb's on top. Feels weird, right? Now you don't give a shit which thumb's on top. You never knew if you were right or left thumbed your entire life. But one feels right. One feels weird. So when you change your eating habits, you have to understand that part of that experience is that it just feels weird just because you're doing different stuff. All of a sudden, it's 8 o'clock. I'm sitting on the sofa watching my show and I'm not eating. It feels weird. You know, are you actually hungry or is it just this weird feeling? It's a little of both, you know? So it's absolutely a mental, emotional piece of the hunger thing, you know? And that's why I say if you, when you start out, instead of just trying to cut the calories low, you can't so you lose weight the fastest, let's cut them a little bit and get comfortable with not being overstuffed. 
Let's just take it stage by stage, you know, because most likely you're used to being overstuffed. You're used to having your stomach super extended, you know, expanded, and then just eating more stuff, you know? So get used to like shrinking that stomach a little bit. That's why I'm, I do like intermittent fasting. Now this is anecdotal because I liked it. I didn't call it intermittent fast when I did it, but 30 years ago, I used to snack all night. And so I wanted to stop doing that. So I stopped snacking at night eventually. But what that did is for the first time in my life, oh, thanks for the lightning bolt. Um, for the first time in my life, I had a, you know, let's see, I stopped eating six, seven o'clock. I get up at seven, eight. So, so 12, 13 hours. That was the first time in my life where I would have a 12, 13 hour window where I didn't eat anything. And it was unbelievable. It was a little hard at first. Okay. But then it gets to a point where it's like, wow, I feel lighter. My body feels relaxed. You know, digestion is one of the top uses of energy in your body. It takes a lot of energy. We, we eat way more than we ever ate in all of history. You know, so taking that break from eating felt really good, but you had to get used to it. You see, that's what I'm saying. Like, like new things feel weird, whether they're good or bad. So anyways, um, I've been doing five, two for a few months. Tomorrow I start tracking my weight loss. Oh, look at you. Great job, Don. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you for doing that that way. I'm not into a hypnosis thing, but I'm into fasting intermittently and extended. Yeah, that's great. Um, you should get into the hypnosis thing too, because the hypnosis, again, hypnosis is one of those things that's just been, um, it's just been demonized almost, you know? And it's like, because they get goof it up with the stage hypnosis, you know? But um, we're all hypnotic creatures. All hypnosis is, by the way, it's just putting you in a relaxed, calm state. So we're acting in your parasympathetic nervous system. You're using more of your brain when you do that. And then you're getting positive suggestions. Or if you're using the self-hypnotic programming technique I show you, you're, instead of just saying, oh, I should eat better, right? That's what people say. That's like purely conscious though. That's just a logical argument. And what we want to do is we want to, how do you imprint the subconscious mind with that idea, right? So let me give you a metaphor. I think of your mind as like a cruise ship, right? And so on a cruise ship, you've got the captain and you've got the crew. And so your mind is like a cruise ship in the sense that the conscious mind is like the captain, the crew is like the subconscious mind. And you can't have it like where the captain says, okay, screw out of here. I'm going to run everything myself. You're all fired, right? You can't do that. You can't, one person can't run all that stuff. And you can't have the, the crew say, you get out of here. We're going to do it, right? Because you need leadership. So they both work together. And hypnosis is really just the understanding of how your subconscious mind works. Because your conscious mind is very logical and rational. It's language oriented. And so I can sit here and I could give you all the theories of why intermittent fasting so healthy and why carbs are bad. I could give you all these ideas and you could buy into them 100%. That's, that's right. Tomorrow I'm going to start doing that. No, you're not. Because all your behaviors are held by your subconscious mind and your subconscious mind is not logical and rational. If it was, this should all be easy. If your conscious mind was logical and rational, again, it'd be like you're a cyborg or a, like a, a robot and you would just, oh, I shouldn't eat any more carbs. And then you just wouldn't. You wouldn't have any problem losing weight then, okay? The problem is, you know consciously, I shouldn't eat this. And subconsciously, your mind says, so your conscious mind says, oh, I shouldn't eat any ice cream. I want to lose weight. Your subconscious mind says, I love ice cream. It makes me feel good. That's what you're dealing with, you know? And so to not, to not understand hypnosis, I don't know. I mean, because you're really... If you, if you don't use hypnosis, you really have a willpower-based approach. And if that works for you, great, okay? But if you're struggling, I'm going to say it's because you know what you should do and you can't get yourself to do it. And you have no way, you have no strategy or understanding of how to influence your subconscious mind. What I'm trying to tell you is this. I have, and this works in a couple different ways, but I'll, I'll keep it in habits so we can understand easily. With your habits, you've installed the healthy habit called toothbrushing right? You installed this when you were a kid and now as an adult, you just do it on autopilot. 
You don't have to think about doing it. You just know before you go to bed, you're going to stop by, brush your teeth, and you're in bed. When you wake up, next thing you know, you're, you're brushing your teeth. You don't even have to think about it. You just do it on autopilot, okay? And so I have like nine, ten of those habits. I drink, I drink one, two of these every day without really thinking about it. I've installed this as a habit. I walk 10,000 steps a day just automatically as a habit. I go to sleep and get my eight, nine hours of sleep every night as a habit. I get up and meditate every day because it's out of habit. I do a yoga thing every night <laughs> out of habit. So I have all these habits that are just like brushing my teeth. This is what I'm trying to tell you. It doesn't take me a lot of effort to do them. I just do them automatically. You know. Now we do good and bad things as habits, right? You sit and watch TV at the same time. You watch the same channels, the same shows. Everything we do is very pattern oriented. And so to me, it's like, I I don't know how you would change. I would have never changed. I truly believe this. I was struggling hard in life and I don't know what would have changed it without understanding all of this stuff, you know? Um, So I think hypnosis is so useful. It's not, not listening to a hypnosis session and having it transform you. It's a good supplement. But I think you, because you are in your head talking to yourself 24 hours a day, you are your best or worst hypnotist because you're in your head constantly talking. And what you're saying, you don't even realize. And that is what is giving you the results you're getting. And so with Program Yourself Thin, that's a big part of what we're doing is how do you change your internal dialogue? How do you program your subconscious mind so it does the things you want it to do? Because what I'm trying to tell you here is that I told you those habits, but also my eating. I programmed in my eating. So what I'm saying is that I've, made, I've weighed the same weight for 30 years. I had one blip 12 years ago. I haven't dieted. I haven't worked out in any consistent way. What I've done is I've programmed in eating behaviors and lifestyle habits that keep me at my goal weight. And now I just go about my life. I'm not thinking, I am thinking, I don't want to say I'm never thinking about it, but it's mostly just run on autopilot. It's just like a toothbrushing. You, you think about it a little bit, right? But it mostly is just run on autopilot. Thank God, right? Or else your teeth would be rotten. <laughs> so it's like, this is what I'm trying to say. Like when you take this approach, now you're working the way your mind is designed to work. You're not designed to micromanage all the little tasks you have to do. You're designed to be on autopilot. And so your weight loss, what are you doing when you try and lose weight? You're trying to micromanage every little decision you make. It's estimated we make over 200 food decisions a day. So this is part of why you feel overwhelmed with, with your weight loss, you know? So anyways. Um, put a pinch of Celtics on your lung, let it dissolve in your tons of water. Um, what does your day of eating look like? Um, yeah, day of eating. So I follow a five, two approach, five days of clean eating, two days of pleasure eating. The five days of clean eating are the same breakfast, the same lunch. Breakfast is usually like Ezekiel toast, natural peanut butter, apple, natural peanut butter, bunch of water. That's breakfast. Um, lunch is usually a big salad I have. I pre-make them. You can see the video I put up. I show you how I do that. Um, dinner is usually... It's week to week. It's kind of the same thing. Like tonight's Monday night. So it's usually some chickpea based dish. And usually like, I don't know, there might be quinoa with it or some kind of kind of natural grain. Um, Tuesday, it's usually taco based, right? Black beans, some sort of Mexican ish inspired thing. Um, Wednesday, usually it you know, might be a fish, you know, vegetable, you know, but again, it's, it's clean. Yeah. When I say clean, it's natural foods, whole foods um, is what I'm really seeking to eat Monday through Friday afternoon. And then my pleasure eating is just more the foods I like to eat. Now, those foods are relatively clean now. Again, I've worked up to it. That's the point of it. But that's kind of an average day. Um, what do you think of apple cider vinegar? I get asked this all the time. I don't think any apple cider vinegar is going to make you lose weight. Could it help you? I guess. But there's no one thing. You have to understand all the diets are built around the one thing. Okay? Every diet is a marketing Every diet's a marketing exercise and they know you're overwhelmed and exhausted. So they want to, they always, every, tell me this isn't true. Every diet's built around one thing. 
right? Keto's built around carbs. Um, fasting, don't eat for 16 hours. Low fat, obviously don't eat fat. Uh, keto, don't eat carbs. Uh, Weight Watchers just count points. Mediterranean, just eat Mediterranean food. Uh, so, so there's never any one tactic. You're not one tactic away from losing the weight. I'm just, I hate to burst your bubble. It, it's a holistic thing, you know? And so maybe apple cider vinegar would help you. Again, everyone's different. Um, but I would never, the sooner you can get yourself out of the, the one trick, you know, game that they try to put us in, the better, the, the sooner you get on the path to actually mastering your weight. Um, I love it's been listening to the and first one for a few weeks now. Each time I listen, it helps more. Yeah, Shannon, great job. Great job, Shannon. That's, that's so awesome. Yeah, I love that hypnotic bypass um, session. It's a real good one. Um, the Ben and Jerry story. Yeah, it's gross, right? I know. It, it's true, too. That's a real story. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. I'm telling you, if you saw how these foods were created, Frito-Lay has a giant campus down in Texas, but one part that always sticks in my head, in their chip-making department, they've got a mouth, like a machine, right, that simulates a human mouth. It's a $40,000 machine that calculates the most addictive pounds per square inch of crunch. So when I say they're making addictive foods, I got to make videos on this because you wouldn't believe it. Like you have an intuitive sense and it's so wrong and, and... it's like if you ever watched The Insider about the cigarette companies, what they were doing, that was shocking. Like you knew they, they want to get you addicted, but you didn't realize they went to that level. And it's the same thing with these food companies. There's so many categories of what they're tracking to make a food addictive. It's beyond just the flavor. It, 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 there's, there's all these categories, mouthfeel, um, early hits, bliss point, uh, the, the pounds per square inch of crunch. Uh, there's, there's all these factors in there. It's scientific. You don't have a chance. Like you really don't. You think you do, and that's why you're wrong, <laughs> you know? So once you understand, it's like the casino, you know what I mean? Like, if you think you're going to beat the casino, go, go, have at it. But it's like, once you understand what they're doing, and that all statistically, mathematically, it all works against you, it's a bad investment strategy, you know? And eating those foods is a bad investment strategy. Um, when you're feeling hungry, your body will turn fat into glucose, and the body loves it. Um, I was weighing 260, and with fasting and nutrition research, I lost 42 pounds in two months. Great job, Ruben. I went nine days eating only one meal while working out. It's more mental and physical. That is true. Hey, thanks for that. I love that rainbow donut. Um, <laughs> Erica says, I don't like the other thumb on top. I know, right? It feels weird. It's so weird. I love that though because again, what I'm trying to say is like when people, um, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, like change itself, like even positive change feels weird. You know what I mean? Like remember this, right? This is such an important thing. I say this to people all the time because no one thinks this way, but like uncertainty is like kryptonite to our brains. Like it really is. Our brain, our number one job of our brain is, is a prediction machine. Predict the future so we can survive, okay? And so it likes to maintain the status quo so it can predict most accurately. So anytime we change things up, it's, it's uncomfortable. It feels weird. And so there's just a lot of that layered stuff when we want to lose weight. It's not all just hunger. It's not all de- just deprivation. It's a lot of things. And without understanding those, you know, you just kind of freak out. You go back to your old behaviors. But anyways, I'm glad you said that. Um, your opinion to mukbang? I, I think it's gross, but I mean, people are going to do what they're going to do. So I um, <laughs> I don't really like to put my opinions because again, I always like to say there's, uh, there's no right or wrong. There's only what works for you. And so people do what they want. But I think just, you know, all the food in general, you really got to watch that. I always suggest when the commercials come on for food, you mute them or change them. You know, like you, I went to, I don't have commercial TV. I haven't had it in decades, but my wife and I went to a, a hotel um, this past winter and uh, we're watching the tv and it's like oh my god all the food commercials and it's like it, it like if you're, if you're always around them, you're habituated to them and you think they don't affect you but um they're intense you know and it's hard so i think all that stuff with the food be careful you know watching it hi i'm newer i want to lose weight as fast as possible is intermittent fasting a good option um 
I mean, if you want to lose weight as fast as possible, just stop eating completely. So you water fast it. <laughs> I'm joking. I don't want to be a jerk, but I'm really not. I'm not a fast weight loss expert. Well, I guess I am, right? Because what's fast weight loss? Is losing 20 pounds in a month and then putting it all back on fast weight loss? Or is losing two pounds a month um, for a year and then keeping it off forever fast weight loss? So I guess it depends on what your definition of fast weight loss is. But if you're looking to just lose as much weight as possible um, in a way that you'll probably won't be able to maintain, then intermittent fasting um, could be a good option. I cannot tell you how helpful you've been. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome, 33 million K. I appreciate you saying that. Um, fasting gives your body a rest for digestion, takes inflammation out of the body. Yep, absolutely. I love fasting. It's great. But you can work your way up to fasting. You know, I know we're Americans, so we have to just hop in doing it, you know, 18 hours to start, 16 hours right right away. Um, but, you know, you can start, you know, if if the longest you've gone is just your, your sleeping time, which was where I was at, you know, you could start by maybe an hour before you go to bed. Okay, get comfortable with that. Now two hours. You know, God, it makes me so crazy. This overcorrection is just such an addiction, you know? And it's such a shitty strategy. You know, it's like, oh, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it right. Okay, great. How long have you been planning on doing it right? For 20 years? Well, then don't give me that shit. You know what I mean? If you've been planning to do it perfect for 20 years and it hasn't happened, I dare say that that, that model sucks. It's not working well, you know? So, um, yeah, anyways, I think that... uh you know, I, I, but, but I, I'm, I'm joking. I'm getting a little carried away with it ball, but, but I love fasting, but I think sometimes people jump into it. 16 hours, just not eat at a time right away is a lot for people and it's overwhelming. And so most likely they're going to do it for a day or two and then just go back to what they're doing. Cause it's too hard for them. You know, I always joke, like if you never played the piano, if your strategy was, I'm gonna play 10 hours a day. Well, that sounds like a great strategy until the second day when you wake up and your fingers are all cramped up and you can't practice at all. And I think that's what most people are doing metaphorically with their diets. They're overwhelming themselves. They can't go with it. Kathy says, thank you for everything you said. Good night. <laughs> I have no intermittent fasting, a quick way to lose weight. Yeah, intermittent fasting, is, is, it can be a quick way to lose weight. But what I see a lot of people doing with intermittent fasting is they won't eat for 16 hours and then they are starving and then they eat like shit for the eight hours they're eating. So you got to be careful of that too. It doesn't guarantee. What guarantees weight loss is reducing the average calories you're consuming. So however you want to do that, it's up to you. Um, are there good documentaries you can recommend to cut out sugar? Oh my God, I'm totally blanking on them now. But you can just look up like YouTube sugar documentary and, and then start from there. You know, any ones at the top come up. It doesn't matter. They're all the same. I'm just telling you, just watching, you need to reframe how you're thinking of sugar. And any document will help you do that. I guess make it sure it's reputable and all that, but that's no problem. Just look for the number one sugar documentary, watch it. And it'll change how you eat sugar for the next week. I guarantee it. Um, Butter chickpeas with brown rice. That sounds pretty good. I can't wait to eat that. Um, barbecue Fritos are best sellers, yet they only make them now and then. They always sell out. Yeah. The food companies are our friends. <laughs> I wish that were true. How to start the best way, step by step. Um, what's up, Michikam? Uh Best way to start. Well, I, I can't say I got to get out of here, but I would suggest this. If you're here watching this and you're not in my world, go to my bio link. Click that link and get that hypnosis session. Listen to it. Uh, it takes a couple minutes for me to send it to you. I give you a training, three steps to master your weight. Please watch it. It's about a half hour. It'll lay out the whole system I'm talking about here in detail, um, and it'll change the way you think about weight loss. So, um, yeah, so so go ahead and do that. And uh, you can listen to my podcast, just program yourself dance on all the, the main podcast things. And if you listen to it, don't don't be afraid to review it and then write a couple nice words if you got nice words. Um, and as my mom said, if you got nothing nice to say about it, just don't say anything at all. Um, but if you like it, yeah, say something nice because that helps out. Uh, YouTube channel is Jim Katsoulis, but the main thing is get on my email list. I'm, I'm, I give a lot of stuff away. 
I'm going to help you. I have a coaching program too, okay? And if you're really serious and you want to work with me directly, this is the deal of the century right now, um, you can learn about that at programyourselfthin.com. Um, and yeah, you can find out about that. But even if, if you're not willing to, you know, or can't invest or whatever, then um, I help you for free anyways. And I'll help clarify a lot of the, the stuff you're probably thinking and, and believing, and that'll help you out tremendously. So thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Have a great day, everyone. And we'll talk soon. Bye.